And everybody said amen. You can be seated this morning. Have you enjoyed the singing? Amen. Well, it's good to have a nice congregation this morning. We always remember Christmas and we always remember Easter. Christmas, we say Jesus was born. Easter said that he died and rose again. And the rest of the 363 days, we live like we don't believe either day. Amen. That's a good way to start a service, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. But Jesus lives today. And how many knows where he's at? How many knows where he's at? The God of the Lord Jesus Christ is here among us. A part of him is in our hearts. But the person of Jesus sits on the Father's throne tonight in a glorified form now called the Lamb of God. Amen. So, uh, Sister Gail, how's your dad doing, Brother Leon? Is he coming along okay? Is he do coming home today? Well, that's good, and we thank God for that also. Amen. We'd like to remember those in Canada. I'd be glad when we'd be able to see them on uh, live streaming. But I heard this week that uh, if you fly into Canada, they said, well, Brother Greg, why come you don't go into Canada? I don't want to be locked up in a Canadian facility. Because now they're locking you up in a government facility. facility. I, I guess to get $1,000 out of you or how much it costs a day, I don't know how much they're charging. But you have to be locked up three days unless they wanted four or five or six or seven. But soon these laws are going to give way to the will of God. Amen. We cannot be controlled by the laws of man even though fear causes us to want to submit to them. Uh, this morning, this Easter sermon, if you read your notes, can be basically over our heads. Now what I mean over our heads is this. We know the bride is perfected by a fivefold ministry, and the fivefold ministry can only know and minister to the people according to how the people desires to know and hear from God. If you do not understand or desire the ins insight or the knowledge of God for you personally, then you won't hear nothing across the pulpit except stories and according to what you're pulling on God. We should be on hearing the story of 2,000 years ago about a man called Jesus basically dying on the cross and God raising him from the dead. Each one of you sitting here this morning is a very evident sign by your faith of being here that Jesus Christ has resurrected in your own body and in your own faith and in your own mind. We are the product of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because being a part of him, we are now in our element, a little part, we are now the living 
word of God made manifest. You and I are now the living word of God made manifest. You say, well, how can that be? How many are believers today? If you are a believer, then you are a living word made manifest in your flesh with a confession and a faith of your own resurrection and promise of an immortal body. And that's the reason why we're here this morning is to feed on the presence of God to finish our process because you are moving toward a glorified body. Our resurrector, which is God himself, is now here present among us by vindication. He had his picture taken, and we could show the picture. That doesn't mean too much to many people because they put it on their church walls and deny that that God is present today. So a picture doesn't do people much good. But we're looking at this morning a seven-step process to immortality or glorification. We're on step number three, and I believe this step is basically called the authority and the power of the church. You and I have authority by a commission. And God does not commission you to cast out devils and preach the gospel without giving you the authority to do it. Amen. So after the service, we're going to have prayer for the sick and for those that are asked for prayer. So keep that in mind because the Bible, according to Jesus' own words, he has given us the authority over every power, principality, every sickness, and everything disobedient to the word of God, according to Ephesians 1. 15 through 27 or 23. We're looking at this morning to basically the third step in this process. You said, what does this have to do with the resurrection? Well, we'll see as it speaks to the resurrection in our sermon because this is a resurrection message, but the resurrection we're talking about is the resurrected word today in flesh in you and I. The word started in its resurrection in the days of Luther under the word of justification. If the people had followed step by step the step, you and I would have been the further step of Lutherans this morning under the word of glorification. But we find out every step people fails to see it because they do not recognize the word in flesh. Therefore, they build their system and put a man leader over them called organization. They die at that moment. Time keeps going on and there's another group of people who recognizes who they are and we go step by step until a group of people walks into immortality. God is here to do it and we are in a portion of the word that there's very few scriptures left to be manifested in the flesh of which we are a part of it and that is resurrection and what we call the word rapture. There has to be a resurrection of those that are asleep that are in their theophany bodies. They've already taken a step from mortal to theophany. They're absolutely beings in a spirit body. They're no more than eight or ten feet from you now. They're walking around in a dimension just as alive as you're sitting in this dimension alive. They're in that dimension alive. Some way I believe that they can see us and check in on us every now and then because they know what is happening. 
And every time a part of the revelation gets real to you and I, they shout for joy, and basically we feel they're rejoicing, and it responds here that we said we feel the Spirit. Amen. So hopefully this morning they have a good time in the Lord so we can get a little bit of taste of their joy on the other side. And he's longing for that body. That is what we're waiting for, and we're moving towards it step by step. Our text is from Matthew 16, verses 15 to 19. Well, hopefully our best this morning, we're going to try to regress a little on step one, one and two, and maybe hopefully we get to step number three, but they're in your notes if we do not. In verse 15, it says, He, now Jesus speaking with the disciples, He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? We've been over this time and time and time again, but this is step number one into receiving the blessings or the fountain of God and all of his nine compound names. Everything Jehovah was, he pours into the man Jesus. His full nine compound names have now been given to us in the Jehovah complex that through Jesus we may receive the blessings of all the names of Almighty God. So he says, but whom say ye that I am? Step number one is basically identifying the living word made manifest. Now don't let that sink because that's the theme. That's the beginning principle. That's the door. That's step number one that every individual will take to be in the rapture. A part of the resurrection and the change. That we're looking forward to in Matthew 17, 1 to 3. Identifying the living word made manifest. Is the evidence basically we'll find. That a person is truly a born one of God. With the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Are being blessed to see and understand the word for this hour. Without this part, you will never understand or never see what we're speaking about because according to God's own words, it is revealed only to the elected that the Holy Spirit will speak personally to and let you know. There is no way this morning by my intellect or scholarly that I could put anything across simple enough for you to understand without the Spirit of God personally teaching you and opening your understanding, and you having a part of God called a soul that is willing to receive it and accept it, confess it to confirm it in your own life to make it the Word in flesh. All right? So now step number one, you must identify the living Word of God made manifest. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah that is promised to come, the Son of the living God. Not a dead letter now, but the living God. He is now the Logos, the living Word made manifest in flesh. Thou art the Son of the living God. Right answer. And that's where he builds his church and every individual will take this step to enter into the blessings of the names of Jehovah to complete the process of immortality. All right? So the Bible tells us that God has set a day, which we believe that we are in that day, 
when he said he will judge the world with the justice by the will of the man he has appointed according to Acts 17 to 31. So let's read that because we believe this scripture is fulfilled in this hour. Because he hath appointed a day. Remember that once he winked in ignorance the scripture says in verse 30 but now he won't wink in ignorance any longer but watch. He has appointed a day. Now we believe that the day he appointed was Luke 17:30, and the day when the Son of Man is to be revealed. The Son of Man is basically the Logos made flesh that we call a prophet. Prophet is what? The Word, the Spirit of God revealing himself in the office of a prophet, a minister bringing his will to pass. He only will do it through a prophet. So all the theologians, all the doctors of divinities expounding that they understand God is untrue because without a prophet, according to this Bible right here, and it cannot be changed, God will only make himself known to one man in this generation, and that one man would be called the revealer or the veil of Almighty God, unveiling the invisible Spirit God. So what we're seeing here, because he hath appointed a day, and this is that day of Luke 17, 30, when he comes as a judge, because remember what, in the which he will judge the world in righteousness. The righteousness of God is the word made flesh. We were absolutely made righteous by Jesus' own death, burial, and resurrection. In Christ, he has made us the righteousness of God in him all right notice judge the world in righteousness by that man you say well that man was the man jesus that man was the man that was absolutely the person of god indwelling the created man called messiah jesus of nazareth so what we're looking at throughout the entire bible is a revelation of god himself as he communicates himself his plan his will his purpose his power his wisdom as he communicates that through prophets now we have the written word here that we call the word of God which is the revelation now of Jesus Christ the Logos the word in the beginning so this Bible is a revelation of God himself when you say the Word of God, you're talking about God. Now, when we talk about the angel of God or the agent of God, we're talking about the pillar of fire, the light called the Shekinah glory. Theologians call it the Logos, or John calls it simply the Word. All right. So by that man whom he hath ordained. So there is a man that is ordained. According to the scriptures, the prophets of old, Jesus was the man ordained as the woman's seed. He was the one that was ordained as a child being born, a sacrifice given. He was the one that said that the grave shall not hold him, that he will be raised from the dead immortal. All the scriptures of the old prophets spoke of one coming, which now Jesus is that man personified 
of the Logos or the plan of God that was spoken by the prophets. How many understand what I'm saying? So when I tell you every prophet here tells you about Jesus coming, he'll be born, he'll do this, where he's at, what and more, all of that, you accumulate all into a person. Jesus was the complete fulfillment of all that was spoken of him, about him, through the prophets, making him now the Logos made flesh. Not God made flesh. The spoken word or the scriptures about this Messiah, this woman's seed, now coming forth in his fulfillment as a man according to the scriptures of the prophets. I said it would not be skim milk, but this is resurrection, our resurrection season. This is what it's taken for us to become immortal. By that man whom he hath ordained. Now, if I spend too much time, I'll never get to my point. But this. How many knows in the scripture, the Bible said that he would send us Elijah in this hour. One man, and he told us what he would do. He will have the mystery of those seven seals. And seven seals will open up us and restore to us the revelation of God's will. And remember, God's will is called the Logos, his plan, his blueprint of what he has laid out for man. Okay. He would come and he would reveal the mysteries. He would absolutely fulfill 1 Thessalonians 4.16. The Lord shall descend from heaven with a message. He'll have Revelation 10.7, which is the prophet, that man, that prophet that was to come, to be here, to be a voice. To be an instrument, to be a means of communication, to absolutely become the written word of God that spoke of him. Now, here he is manifested in human flesh. And the evidence that you are blessed like Simon, he asked, who do you say that I am? Because remember the prophet said, if people only knew who I was, they would be healed. If that's the case, they would be healed, they would be saved, they would be immortalized, they would be transformed, they would be transfigured, they would know their election, they would know they're sons of God because he spoke and told you exactly who you was. Now are ye the sons and daughters of God. And you never sinned in the first place. You always was a son. Now being a son, God brings forth His Spirit Word to you to tell you that you are a son. Salvation is only recognized in the gospel of who you really are. So I could stand here and tell you about a story about Jesus and you could shed tears, walk out of here just as lost as a duck. But if the gospel tells you who you are as the Word of God fulfilled as believers in this hour... Because if he sends Luke 17, 30 with a message, he's got to have a people here to hear that message because the message was sent to somebody here to become what God said that they was. Without a believer here, there would have been no reason to be a prophet. Wouldn't be any reason for me to preach a sermon or any fivefold minister to preach a sermon. So therefore, everything that we're bringing forward, you said that's really deep. The reason why it's coming forth is because you and someone, Canada, live stream, wherever it may be, there's a group of people calling upon God for the understanding of God so they can be a part of the rapture. Therefore, when you call on God for understanding, 
The only way he's going to get it to you is through a channel he has ordained to sit here and verbalize it to tell you exactly what you're calling for. That's the reason why you should never put anything on a preacher. If he's a true preacher, he's only a vessel being used. He's a servant. He's only somebody here waiting for God or the Holy Spirit to speak something through them. If I made a sermon up this morning and read it to you, it wouldn't do you an ounce of good. But if the author of the word, which is the only one that can come and open our understanding to himself, the word, then we are blessed people. We're like Peter, blessed are thou, Simon, because you know who I am. Amen. So here we get to looking at it. But, uh, man, wherefore, he had ordained, whereof he had given assurance now. So we have a blessed assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. You being an attribute or thought of God. Without Jesus being raised from the dead, you cannot be made the righteousness of God. You have no hope of any future without this man. Therefore, if God raised him from the dead for your justification, praise God, you're just as same as if you're glorified this morning in another body. You said, how can you say that? Because the written word, the blueprint, see, the blueprint is already said here that we are pillars, that we're already justified, and we're already glorified. Not going to be, but according to our faith in the written word, we're already there as far as we're concerned. Because if the word says, I never sinned, I never sinned. If the word said I was in Jesus, I was in Jesus. He didn't tell you, well, figure it out. He just said that's where you was. And when he raised Jesus from the dead, he raised you from the dead. And when he ascended on high in a glorified body, guess what happened to you and I? We ascended on high in a glorified body and sat down with him because he represents the whole body of every believer, every seed, every dot, every nail, every hammer, every board that's in the body of Christ. We're that part this morning. You say, well, if that's the case, we can cast out devils. If you over understood who you was, there wouldn't be a devil or any sickness could stand in the presence of the sons of God. What an Easter this morning. Amen. Whereof he has given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. So our assurance this morning as sons by faith is in the fact that God raised the man Jesus from the dead. I've already challenged your mind this morning because tradition will tell you that Jesus was God. Jesus the man was not God. He wasn't. Well, he was one of three gods. That's idolatry. That's blasphemy as far as God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Even Trinitarians will accept the fact that the Old Testament, before there was time, will testify that God was alone by himself. Beside me there is no God. Beside me there is no other. You have to witness that because that's what the Bible said. Well, if there was beside him no God, 
and beside him no other, there was a time when God was alone with his own thoughts, his own plan, his own blueprint. There was nothing there but God. Is that right? Before the beginning, God, this great eternal spirit, fountain of grace, hope, wisdom, love, omnipotent, omnipotent, everything that you can say about God, all of his attributes, was alone with him. And it wasn't in darkness, as Brother Bram said, but there was no known fact of him. So basically, it was dark to everything except God. God thought everything out in detail in his own emotional process, metamorphosis. Everything was formed, angels, earth, everything that ever will be was formed in that form before he ever started expressing himself by saying, let there be light. Come on now. Because if that wasn't true, then God could change his mind, change his will, change, put you in, put you out, what more? But he can't do that because his plan was perfect from the beginning. So when he said, I'm the unchanging God, there's no counsel, no word, no decision, no opinion that I can change, then you were fixed in that blueprint from the very beginning. Hallelujah. Therefore, if we understand the virgin birth, Brother Bram said, there's not one devil, not one affliction, not one devil, not one creed, nothing can hold you because you understand that you always was in the mind of Almighty God. Boy, that's more than I understand. But thank you for calling on, on God anyway. Somebody out there keep calling. Wait a minute. So the most important issue facing humanity today is finding out the true identity of Jesus Christ. I can tell already if I follow these notes, we're going to be here two hours. And I won't keep you two hours. I know you got eggs. You got to go hide it. Can't keep from throwing that in there somewhere. Finding out the true identity of Jesus Christ and the issue of who he was is a matter of life and death. Jesus Christ, watch the living word. Now, not the written word, the living word of God is what man was intended to be, which was the perfect representative of God. In other words, Jesus was was the exact image of a son that every one of us would be like in that image if there was not sin or Adam had failed. But we know now, God being sovereign in his blueprint and plan back here, wanted, as the prophet said, to be a savior. He wanted to be a healer. He wanted to be a king. He wanted to be a warrior. He wanted to be a priest. He wanted to be all these things. So he put it in his plan. So man would fall. Sin would come in so he could be a savior. Man would get sick so he could be a healer. Everything was to reveal and make known this plan of God. That plan of God is what you call the concept or the logos that we call God. All right. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Notice now, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which now the Father is spirit, he is a person, 
He is the only one that's eternal. He never had a beginning nor ending. He's the only one immortal, invisible, the only wise God. And Jesus said he was there now in heaven. Next verse, verse 17. There the very light, the Logos, the representative of the presence of God, come on the river of Jordan and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. So the Logos now being the Son of God, come in and dwelt this created body at the river of Jordan. Now this incarnated man says that God is in heaven. You say, oh, that proves there's three. No, it proves that we're ignorant. We're ignorant of God and how He does things. There was God representative in a logos, a thought, a part, a light. Now incarnated in that man because the Word had become flesh. The Word written about Jesus has now become flesh. And the God that wrote about Him now comes and deposits Himself in this body. Making it Emmanuel, God with us. Praise be to God. Flesh and blood are not revealed it to you. So in other words, what? Step number two, so the church is built upon the revelation of the Logos, or I call the revelation of the Word of God made flesh. I keep bringing it a point because there's where everything is built on. You're going to find out that you're, even your water baptism to receive the Holy Ghost is based on this one step. You must identify the living Word of God made flesh. Over and over. The days of Luther, they recognized the living Word of God made flesh because Paul said in Romans that the just shall live by faith. When that angel come forth to manifest that written Word in flesh, Luther then was the living Word made manifest in flesh. Those that received his revelation were justified by faith in the Word of God. Step by step by step, like I said, we should be this morning the further fourth step of Luther from justification. So every one of us should be Lutherans that have grown in the Word of God step by step. So we have been justified. We have been sanctified. We have now received the Holy Ghost. And now we're in a glorification state called the resurrection and the body change for the rapture. That's where we're at this morning. How do you know? Written Word of God, the blueprint. What the government will be.
words of what they mean so that we can communicate by words to form a picture so we can have the right action, logic, and reasons behind it. Now, Emily's following me now. So it's not just words. We're looking at word. So John's got a concept here. He's got a squirrel in the attic somewhere. beginning was the word thank you in the beginning was the word and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us in other words god was the word not just singular now you're not just defining god Theologians, you can look up Josephus, you can look up all the historians, you can get the brain of brains. And I got volumes that thick written about what is the word with mean. But remember, every theologian is a Trinitarian trying to prove three gods and that Jesus was God. Jesus, the created man in the womb of a virgin, was not God. He wasn't. You say, well, that's blasphemy. No, it's blasphemy to misplace who Jesus really was as the only begotten Son of God. That's where your salvation rests. See, and Jesus the man now represents and reflects the Father's glory called the image of God. You say, well, if he was the image of God, when you saw him, you seen the invisible God. But you, when you seen him, you saw God's thoughts that he meditated and thought of himself becoming. In other words, God wanted to be a man. He wanted to be physical. He, he wanted to be substance. 
and he figured out this transfiguration, this metamorphosis process, that his thoughts of himself could be transmitted down to a, basically an image, a man. Jesus was that man, and when you Jesus, when you see me, you see the Father, because he was the expressed image of the thoughts of Almighty God before there was even a molecule or an atom in existence, God saw himself as this man. Didn't Moses say, well, I want to see you? And he said, you cannot see my face. But when he went by, he saw the back parts of a man. Who is Melchizedek? He was God. He had neither father nor mother. That meant he was eternal. There's only one eternal person, and that's God. Amen. And he thought of himself of becoming physical glorified man. And therefore he transmitted his thoughts through words right down until Jesus come forth making Jesus the word manifested in flesh. It's not skim bilker this morning but this is glory changing, uh, changing method. Watch now. So when God said let us make man. You say what's this got to do with the resurrection? Everything. Let us make man in our image. Who is he speaking to? I'm trying to assure you that you get into the cycle of life-changing word. There's no need me teaching you about the rapture, about this and don't do this and don't do that, whatever more, until you know who you are as a son of God before you showed up here in this body in a miserable state, so to speak. And if you look at your body in the mirror, this body will tell you that there's no hope, there's no way that you'll ever be perfected, there's no way that you can ever be what this Word says, because your flesh is a part of the lie. This body is not you, it is only a tabernacle for you to be tested in. But the revelation of the Word comes to you to let you know that you are a son of God, now trapped in a mortal body, but the message of the hour is you will not die, but you're going to be changed. This is what it is doing. So God said, let us make man. The prophet of God said he was speaking to the son. So my brethren very easily was, they will see, if he was speaking to the son, that was Jesus. That proved that Jesus was pre-existent, which makes him God. Right back to oneness like your finger, which is false. You say, why is it so important to recognize Jesus? Because it's the key. It's the door. To get into the names of Jehovah, you've got to get in the door. Jesus is the door. Unless you can open the door to understand who Jesus was, you'll never gain access to what the Father has poured into him that he is now pouring into the church, which is his body. So he's speaking to the Son. He was speaking to the Son. Now he says that the Son of God that now sits on the throne in heaven. See? Let us make man in our own image. He was talking to the Son. But wait a minute, Brother Gregory. The Son was birthed forth from the eternal Father, making that like God himself in the form of a light or a word now made manifest. That's true. He said, well, if that's the case, and this Son only come from the source, making this light a part of God now revealed, 
that only makes this light God made manifest. That's true in a sense. But when this light comes forth out to make a beginning, in the beginning was the Logos word. That word or that light is now called the Son of God. That Son of God is basically God in a form called Son. Now then the light only manifests an individual separate from the Father because the prophet said now you have two. He said, well, yeah, but they're one like your finger. No, no, no. You've got to watch. You're trying to figure out, not figure out, but God's unfolding to you your plan of your salvation. So you said, why are you stressing Jesus? Because if you never see Jesus, there's no way that you can see yourself. They said, well, Jesus was God. Then he could not be a son of God. If he was God, God, God can't be a son. Sons have beginnings. Sons have fathers. Well, if Jesus was not the son of God, neither can you be a son or daughter of God. Right? It has to be right. So God has no sons. If Jesus was not the son of God, he has no sons at all. Then what are we? Wandering around here trying to figure out what? The gospel, the good news that Jesus brought was, you are from the beginning. You are firm. You are seed. You are born once of God. Not some adoption process that you're a, a billy goat smelling real bad and God comes down and he loves you so much. This love is going to kill us all. This libertarian love that loves everybody, feeds everybody, clothes everybody, and makes sure you get everybody's vote and gets everybody money, that's going to kill us all. It's not love, it's election. It's word. Praise be to God. So watch now. So this son of God, now then we put Jesus, the glorified man, where is he this morning or right now? He sits on the throne of God in heaven. He's sitting on the Father's throne. He said, one day you overcome, you'll sit down with me in my throne as I overcome and sit down with my Father in his throne. So Jesus this morning, glorified man, is sitting on the Father's throne. Can you say praise the Lord or I believe that or something? Because that's the honest truth. That's the Bible. That one man was made a mediator between me and God. Without that man, I have no access to the Father. Because he's the door to get there. Unless I got the right key and open up the door, unless I understand who Jesus is, to open up his identity to me, the living word, there's no way that I can recognize myself as a part of the word to become baptized into the body word of the Son of Man. By one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Our one spirit is what? The revealed word, the logos, the plan, as it unfolds. I know some of the brothers are building a house, okay? You have a blueprint, all just drawings here. It's just a blueprint. But that blueprint in that form 
is a finished product that you have a picture over here as a home. It's got every nail, every door, every color, carpet. It's got everything in there. All right? That plan, that reason, that logic, that knowledge, that all laid that out, that's like God. He laid out every thought, every individual, because now he's building a family. He's building a home. He's going to have a kingdom. He knows every son that's going to be there, where they're going to sit, what they look like, what part they make of, whether they're inside or outside. He has it all laid out as a blueprint, but all it is is now word. You just got word on paper. But when I go to the store and buy a thousand boards, buy five doors, doorknobs, all the parts of the scripture, and begin to put them together, see the Holy Ghost is the builder, and he begins to build this building and puts it together, and every part of it represents you and I. Whew. Glory to God. And we are the finishing touches of it. In other words, we're the one that decorates it. We're the color. We're the finished product. Everything in there represents us and who we are as the finished product called the bride of Jesus Christ. Every name, every part is all poured into this last revelation because it represents God's plan. Hallelujah. It cannot fail. There cannot be a door here and one there and miss it. It can't move it. Its door is going to be right there. Jesus Christ was the chief cornerstone and he built every stone upon stone upon stone and we are the living stones that is built upon. All right. So this one is set on the throne now called the Lamb. A glorified man. That's not, watch very carefully the wording, that's not the Son of God that God said let us make man in our own image. He said, boy, you just told me a curtain. I didn't. Because this light that come out of the eternity called the Son of God, we call the Logos or the Word. That Word is what unfolds and brings to pass and creates all things that are created. Even the body and the person of Jesus in the womb of a virgin. Because he said it was God in Christ. John says in Jesus, this Logos, God created all things by Christ. Jesus the man, not like the theologians, he did not create nothing because he was not in existence yet. He was only a thought. He was only a part of the blueprint. He was that part that Abraham, Moses, Elijah, all these men spoke of when he come out in human flesh. He was that cornerstone that the new creation of God was going to be built upon. So Jesus was the beginning of the creation of Almighty God called the church of the body of Christ. And you were in him. All right. So this lamb that sits on the throne today, that is basically called the only begotten or the created son or the new creation race and that one on the throne now is the true image of the invisible God 
He is the true reflection of God. Because God wanted to be a glorified man. I know this may be boring you folks. And you may think you understand it better than I do, and you may do it. But this revelation and identity of the Word of God is the stepping stone to immortality, and without it, you're not going. So somehow, we'll have to discipline our mind, either to listen or study on your own. And let me tell you, it's harder to study on your own than listen to someone that has a little understanding about it. Because take it for granted, I've studied for 40 years, and it's a slow, slow process because only the Holy Spirit can give you revelation or teach you as you're willing to listen to the teacher, which is the Holy Ghost himself, as he brings this word piece by piece into your heart and your mind that you can see the plan of God. I've heard preachers say, when you see me, you see the bottom. We are not the reflection of God. And I know that don't go good, but listen. We are not the reflection of God. Jesus, the glorified man, he is the reflection of God. We do not remember anything back in the past. You say, well, I have a theophany back there, eternal in heaven. But you don't remember it. My time is just against anything, really. Let me put you a question this morning since we're talking about authority. Let me understand that the Bible gives you authority to cast out devils, to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. How many knows the Bible gives you that authority? Now, how many can do it? That's the question. Oh, I got the authority. But then how come you don't, can't do it then? I've seen brothers say, brother, we try to cast out a devil, we try to cast it out. It just didn't come out. It wouldn't listen. I said, you had authority. Yeah, but brother, we just couldn't do it. They asked me when I was back then, what gives you the authority to cast out devils? I said, I don't know. The prophet said I could do it. Therefore, I just do it. I didn't know how deep that was. The prophet said I can do it, so I just done it. The prophet also said, you can do this, and you can do that, and you can do this. How come we just don't do it then? Because we do not understand that he was the living word of God made manifest. And what he told you absolutely looses that word on earth that you can enforce it and bind it on earth because you have faith in the revealed word. And without the revelation of the word, you have no authority to bind or to lose. I'm getting short to my sermon. Now what? We are not that of reflection because what? We are here in these earth bodies. We are earth-minded. Lord, help us all. How many of you sisters this morning went through five dresses to pick out one? Well, I, your home is not like mine then. My wife said yesterday, and you know, well, come here and help me pick out what I'm going to wear tomorrow. 
Well, after 50 years or so, you understand that basically she knows what she wants to wear. She's only asking your opinion so she can eliminate it. So I said, well, I think that one's that. But then that one didn't fit this morning. It didn't look right. So she went to the one that she wanted in the beginning. <laughs> in other words, we're earth-minded. How am I going to look? How do I feel? What are we going to do for a living? What are we going to do about a job? What about this car? What about that pay? What about earth-minded? Money, 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 money. Politics, money, money. Earthbound. Don't you understand that we are faith beings? We were already created up here. We're to set our affection on things above this body. You only think about what you think you can do in this body. Jesus was not earth-minded. He was not experience-minded. He was revelation and faith-minded. Watch. He didn't depend on reason. I do nothing unless the Father tells me first. I only speak what the Spirit tells me to speak. He didn't have to go to reason. He didn't have to use his logic. He didn't have to use his knowledge as a man because he had God in him, helping him, moving in him because he was this preeminent, only one-of-a-kind son that was given by birth the ability to completely submit his will to the Father and we have problems with that. It's not a man living that doesn't have problems of submitting his mind, his logic, his experience, his knowledge to the written word of God. You can set and prove to an individual that their thinking is contrary to the written word of God and they won't turn loose to of it not one hour. I know there's three gods. Hallelujah. My grandma believed in three gods. My daddy believed in three gods. All the world believes in three gods. T.D. Jakes believes in three gods. Joseph Prince believes in three gods. So there must be three gods. According to the Bible, they ever want a dollar. Now, that don't do good with this liberal-minded, more everybody this and everybody, God loves everybody and everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's not going to heaven. Only those that God has chosen and reveals himself to get you there. If God doesn't do it, it's not going to be done. So now, let's go to something else. Just a minute. Well, I'm already run out of time. So let's skip over here. Just <laughs> way over here. It's just too far to go. Let's read this for the text. And I will give thee keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now then, step number three is the authority and the power of church. So what you see, and I give you the definition through there, you need to study it and think about it. Not steal milk. It'll do something to your soul, do something to your body. It'll change the whole thing. Jesus is the door into the kingdom of God. I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no man can get to the Father except by me. So we're confronted with the fact there's only one way in. That's through the person of Jesus Christ. That man said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You cannot come to the eternal life 
except by me. That's the reason I said step number one is you must identify Jesus as the word of God made manifest or there's no way into the kingdom of God. We know the kingdom of God is the baptism of the Holy Ghost which is spirit word in you now. Can you say praise the Lord or amen or one more? Now, Peter, since you don't have the keys at this time, talking to Jesus to Peter, and there is no reason for keys unless there is a door or an entrance locked up that you need a key to unlock to get into. I know I'm taking too long. Can I take a little longer this morning? Just, I've got keys right there. There's one, two, three keys right there that look exactly the same. Every time I come to the church door, I've got to figure out, is it this one, this one, or this? Eight times out of ten... I'll pick the wrong one. This one. Now that key right there looks almost exactly like this key right over here. This one will open the front door. This one will go into the key, but it won't open. If that key does not open that door, I cannot get into the building. I need access to inside. And there's a key that opens the door that Jesus said, Peter, I'm going to give you the key to, let's call it what it is, the baptism with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to give you the key. Now, Peter, you're the only one that's got the key. And whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. If you say the way into this door is in the titles of Bill Jones Smith, I'm going to bind Bill Jones Smith in heaven, and nobody's going to get in without saying Bill Jones Smith. Well, Jesus said, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Peter said, you must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to take what Jesus said. I'm going to tell you, if you take Matthew 28, 19, you will not get into the kingdom. It will not open the door to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Only one key opens the door to the spiritual kingdom of God. Only one way in. Straight, S-T-R-A-I-T is the way. Straight is the gate. Water Baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is the eternal prescription to get into the kingdom of God or the body of Christ or even get into the revealed word of the hour. Unless you're baptized correctly, which means baptized into the revelation of the word for your hour, you will never see the message of this hour. You will curse it. You will blaspheme it. You will turn it down. Some of you this morning, one day, will praise me and thank me. Some of you, one day, will curse me. You say, why would we curse it? Because you'll say, why didn't you take more time with me to make me see it, whether I turned it down or not? How come you didn't make it more real? How come you didn't say, you've got to do it? How come you didn't pressure me to see it? 
and you will curse me. But there's no man can open that door except you. Jesus stands at the church door knocking. According to the book of Revelation, only one man in this age heard the knock and opened the door to let the Logos revealed word come into the church. That man was Revelation 10, 7, which was the Elijah this hour, a vindicated prophet that was already spoken of in the written word of God. He was this Logos made flesh. And since you are the Logos made flesh, because if you go from attributes of thought to body, then that makes you a Logos made flesh, is the reason why you can receive a part of the Word because you are a part of the Word, which is already you. I'm in the Father, the Father in me, and you in us. You are always was a part of the Word, the reason why you can accept it. That makes the old numb leg feel like it's got life in it. Praise be to God. So at the resurrection this Easter morning, Jesus arose with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. But he'd already given the key to salvation, healing, and redemption to Peter. Jesus went down and took the keys to death, hell, and the grave away from Satan. Oh, you could just preach forever. How many loves the word? I love the word. How did Satan get the key? I didn't, that's not important. It's just preaching. How did Satan get the key? Well, he, he lied to Adam and Eve. Adam just turned it over because to save Eve. He's a liar, just like all the all the rest of the prodigies of how can I get out of trouble this morning? The whole world would just understand. That God had born one, sons. We are seed, sons, God. Through Adam. You can see exactly what's going on out here in the world. It's not condemning anyone, friends. It's not. It's only recognizing who you are by the Logos, the blueprint, the written word of God. Now made flesh in you. Praise be to God. Amen. Karen, y'all want to come? I'll try to finish. Oh, uh, forgive me for messing up this good sermon. As I said about the key, I can put it in that door back there and take it back there and show you. One key will go in, but it won't unlock it. The other key goes in and opens the lock. Although the key seems to work. Lord, help me put this across. There's thousands this morning sitting in church buildings. This went to the baptistry and was baptized. 
someone that had a title of authority called a pastor, deacon, or whatever. And they got wet, and someone spoke the titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost over them. They believed that was the formula, and they believed they got saved, and their life changes, and they think they're going to heaven. It's not so. You can have the same man baptize Jesus, baptize Brother Branham, or baptize someone that you think is special. You can use the same water. Oh, I went over to uh, Jordan. I got baptized at the Jordan River. They think that's something special, the water that Jesus got baptized. You can put on the same robe. You can have the same preacher speak titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost over you. He has delegated authority by a role, a preacher, a pastor, or whatever more. And it still will not open the door to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now look at the deception. People sets good people that are under the deception of organization, creeds, and traditions, lies of man, setting under the authority of man instead of the authority of the written word, absolutely deceived, thinking they're going to heaven when they only believed a lie and was damned. You so say, what has that got to do with Easter? Everything. Although the person is just as wet as the man that absolutely recognized by the gospel that he was a son of God. The gospel must reveal to you that you are a born one of God. And when that reality strikes your soul. And it dawns on you that you have heard from your theophany. That your natural father and mother is not your real father and mother. That you was absolutely an eagle to begin with. Glory to God. There is nothing. Let me just wake and hear me. There is nothing that will keep a son of God from going to the water after having repented of his sins and transgressions and confessed that Jesus has redeemed him from the bondage of sin. He'll go to the water and open up by the key of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized into the revealed word of God and realize that they have now received the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost in this hour is a revelation of the revealing word of God made manifest in flesh to you. And that revelation is not you understanding who I am, who William Branham was, but understanding who you are as a part of God's eternal blueprint plan now manifested in your flesh. My God, help us. Don't you understand why, and if that dawns on us, what our life would be like? We would be walking, living epistles read of all men. But we're kindly hindered. Uh, this old flesh. Let's stand this, would you? Happy Easter to every one of you this morning. What do you mean happy Easter? Happy resurrection. Because God, if you've been baptized, 
the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and raise you out from under the tombstone of traditions and creeds, brought forth you in a resurrection of life, that you understand now that no person, no man, no organization, no man-made leadership has authority over you, no preacher. I have no authority over you. The only authority in existence is basically the revelation of the Logos or the Word of God that you willingly submit yourself to in humility and let the Word transfigure you into immortality. That process goes word by word by word. Those of you young people that's just been baptized, you may walk out of here and think that you should walk on water, that you could, should understand the stars before the foundation of the world, and all that great vast knowledge, you will not. When you open the door, you'll realize what? I'm a predestinated son of God. I never sinned. I'm a born one of God, and God now has let the gospel cross my path to tell me who I am, and I receive it and identify with the revealed word by obedience to the key that God bound in heaven and Peter loosed here on earth. Because when Peter loosed it here on earth, God bound it in heaven. That's the reason the prophet said when the seals are open, you've been baptized any other way than in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You must go back to the water and be rebaptized, or you cannot continue in the revealed word. Well, he was a cult, he was this, he was that. Whatever you think. But that's what this Bible That's what this Well, we don't understand the doctrine laid down by Jesus Christ and the apostles. We will never attain. The image of Christ, glorified person. Our subject this morning was the authority and power of the church. I could preach six months on what that is, and I've preached series on it time and time again. We have the authority as being delegated authorities. We do not have power. We have the authority by the commission of Jesus himself. Pray for the sick and cast out devils. That's what we're going to do this morning, because if he give us the commission... Sister Betty, those that want to pray this morning, you come forward. If he commissioned us to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, I preach to you the gospel. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. Plainly. You can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, for these signs shall follow those that believe. Believe what? The gospel for your hour. We have a commission by the presence of God himself. We have the authority by the written word of God and also by the living word of God called a prophet that we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And we can cast out demons in the name of Jesus that is above every name. You have the authority to do it. Every one of you this morning has the authority by the written word of God to lay hands on his sister and cast out demons or heal the sick or whatever she may need. 
Will you do it or can you do it? That's the question. And you can only do it by believing what this Bible and the living Word of God called the message says about you that you have believed. Let me believe that you're born ones of God this morning. Therefore, if any two shall agree, so if you will actually join hands with each other as a body of believers, these signs shall follow among us. And we're going to unite our faith as a body of believers to become one and take the responsibility of our commission to lay hands on the sick. These hands are no more than your hands. But Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Therefore, in obedience to the Word of God, we lay our hands upon our sister. That's in obedience to the Word. By the authority of Jesus Christ, who is here now, in the form of the Holy Ghost, according to His blueprint, according to the spoken Word, according to the living Word made manifest, and a prophet that tells us that you have the authority and you can cast out devils. Must realize that all these sicknesses and all these problems, mentally, physically, and everything else, comes from fallen spirits, demon powers that afflict our bodies and our minds and our spirits. This morning, united together in faith, in the name of Jesus Christ, we exercise our commission and take our delegated authority. Father, we believe that you are here and by your divine purpose of seeing this service. Many years ago, thousands and thousands of years before time ever began, you saw this morning that we lay hands on the sick representing your word. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, we charge every spirit contrary to the word of God to come out of our sister and leave her and make her free in Jesus' name. According to your word in Ephesians 1, by the knowledge and revelation of thyself, we have power over every principality, over every power, over sickness. Therefore, every name must succumb to the power in the name of Jesus that is above every name. Therefore, by the unity of one, we call upon your presence to enforce your word upon this sister and fulfill the, com uh, the commission that we have laid hands upon her now and spoken truth. Therefore, according to your power, according to your delegated authority she shall be healed and delivered in the name of Jesus Christ make this promise true to every member here this morning may your spirit move through every fiber and every cell of every person in here to make us one anoint us and unite us together in revelation that the power of Almighty God may be manifested in flesh as you have ordained before the foundation of the world thank you father for this sealing and this deliverance in Jesus name and everybody said amen amen glory to God what are we going to sing this morning let me forgive me for keeping you too long this morning
this hour through a prophet has opened up the seventh seal. Seventh seal is absolutely a divine revelation of who you are in the process of the rapture called the rapture day. God himself, the architect, the builder, is here himself. Jehovah Elohim is here in the form of a light. He is our Heavenly Father. And He's here now as judge. And He's already put us on trial. And you have already passed the trial and found not guilty is one of the reasons why you're in this service this morning. You have already passed the judgment. Now the living revelation of who you are. Coming from attribute to flesh to the offering right on down to glorified. The revelation of who you are in the process. Is now working in you. Changing your mortal insides. Building a body around that born again experience. And soon and very soon. It will transfigure us even as it did the mortal Jesus and the glory of you. That soul, that theophany, in you, the revealed word, will shine forth and will become an immortal being. That revelation has already been loosed here on earth, but thus saith the Lord. Therefore, according as Jesus had faith in what the scripture that he was, you and I must now have faith in what the scripture says that we are and call it as if it's already past tense. You are already raptured. You are already changed. You are already glorified. Now you'll be caught up, caught up in the revelation of the rapture of who you are as the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. That wasn't skim milk and it didn't come from me. The Holy Ghost is teaching those that wants to learn, and I'm learning right along with you. Amen. So what let's sing one more before we do. This is Easter. We can find him eggs after a while. Well it's amazing grace. Let's sing that. Well it's amazing. 